Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Now let's listen to Pastor Dave Crocker. Well, welcome to church. I'm so glad that that you made a choice to be here with us today. I I believe that when we make a choice to prioritise the house of God, with everything else that could have been happening in your world today on this Sunday, including golf games and all of that, you've chosen to be here. And I know that when we honour God in that way, He honours us. He blesses us because we've prioritised and put Him first. So I'm glad you're here today. And I've been praying and believing that today will be a life-changing moment and encounter between you and God. Started when you walked in the door, for some of you before you even got here. We've had a time of worship, we'll spend a bit of time in the Word, we'll continue worshipping, believing today that God will do what He needs to do in your life. I don't know what your needs are today, but my good, good Father does. And I'm glad that you've chosen to be here today. Well, last week I began a series called Proverbial Spin and continuing the lounge room theme today, I'm going to sit on my stool as I, as I share the Word of God this morning. And, and the concept of, of this series is simple. It doesn't matter who you are, you need wisdom. You need wisdom in your relationships. You need wisdom in your work life. You need wisdom in your family. You need wisdom in your finances. You need wisdom in the small decisions. You need wisdom in the big decisions of life. The list goes on and on. And to summarise it, let me say it like this. You don't need wisdom just for the extraordinary, but wisdom in everything. Wisdom for life. Our foundational text for the series came from the book of Proverbs. And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to listen to the message. It's on our, our, our website about the foundations of where this series is going and what it was all about. But Proverbs 4, 7 says this, Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in, getting, in, in all you're getting, get understanding. Wisdom <coughs> is the principal thing. Dictionary.com defines wisdom as the quality or state of being wise. Knowledge of what is right or true, coupled with just just judgment as to action, discernment or insight. Last week I, I brought out the idea that wisdom isn't just knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge paired with good judgment as to what we should do or insight into how we can act. And I said, so wisdom is knowledge plus. Knowledge plus some other ingredient. Wisdom is not just knowledge. We could say that that wisdom is knowledge plus understanding with, with action and that understanding involves a sense of doing something. Knowledge plus. This morning as... As, as I unfold, I discovered something during the week that something from the book of Proverbs that it's more than just understanding. So it's just not, not just knowledge plus understanding, which is a lot of what we talked about last week, but it, it goes a, a sense further than that. And today's key text, if you've got your Bibles, you can follow along or on your app, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 10 to 12, and I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, For wisdom will enter your heart, And knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the wicked ways of uh, the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. Notice the progression that's taking place in this passage. Wisdom, then knowledge, discernment, 
and understanding. It starts by saying, wisdom will enter your heart. Now, when the Bible uses the word heart, it's talking about the, the very centre of who we are, that the ancients understood that our heart was the, 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 the core of who we are. Another word that we could use for our heart would be our soul. It's the, it's the centre of who we are. The ancient Greek philosophers had this context of our heart being the centre of our life. And so when we talk about a heart or we talk about the soul, it's talking about our mind, our will and our emotions, that the way that we think talks about the choices that we make and the way that, that we feel. It's the centre of our moral and ethical decision-making. It's the centre of our spirituality. In pre-modern thinking, it was the true essence of who we are. Now, these days we understand that perhaps the heart isn't the centre of all things in our body, that our brain has a lot to do with who we are and all of those kind of things, but that thinking still influences us. I don't know if you've ever said words like this, maybe a slight variation, but I say it to my wife fairly regularly in reference to how much I love her and the kids and, and life in general. I say to her sometimes, my heart is full. You ever said anything like that? My heart is full. Now, it's not true. My heart is no fuller now than it was before. In actual fact, it's, there's chemicals and neurons firing that are allowing me to feel the feelings I feel and all of that. Science aside, we feel. So our heart is full. Or I love you. We get the point. It still influences our thinking today. Wisdom, in other words, enters the very core of who we are. Wisdom influences our soul or our thought processes, our choices, and our feelings. Wisdom can have a positive impact on all areas of your life. So let's unpack the progression in that verse this morning. First, it says, wisdom will be pleasant to your soul. Well, this is why wisdom is important. It's quite clear to me that knowledge is not always pleasant to my soul. In fact, there's a cliche that is quite helpful in a moment like this. Ignorance is bliss. It's the complete opposite to this verse. This verse is saying knowledge will be pleasant to your soul, but there are plenty of times I've found out some information, I've gained knowledge that has not been pleasant to my soul. In fact, it's a lot easier sometimes not to know something. <laughs> It's why we bury our head in the sand. It's why we don't ask the questions we should ask. It's why we don't unpack things because we don't want to take it to its conclusion because when we've got that knowledge, it's not always pleasant to our soul. But the Bible says that when wisdom enters our heart, knowledge will be pleasant to our soul. But if it's just knowledge, and that can be just so depressing, discovering the, the state of your bank account can be really depressing. I remember the number of times when I first got a car and I went to fill it up with gas and realised I could put about $12 in it. That ain't going to get me real far. Remember my dad always saying, keep the tank full and then just keep topping it up. But that's fine when you've got money. That's a great concept. But when I was broke, you run it down and then anyway. Knowledge isn't always pleasant. Knowledge on its own can actually lead to quite a bit of unhappiness. You might be, might be quite happily doing something, living your life a certain way, and then you discover something. You're informed of something. You, you, you begin to understand something. You've got some knowledge now, and, and you actually realise the way you've been doing things perhaps isn't the best way for you to have been doing things. 
But when wisdom is at play, we make a decision to make a change. Your eyes can be opened and now it can be pleasant because you're actually doing the right thing, having discovered some truth. Let me illustrate it for you like this. We like the power of a good illustration. By law now, cigarettes must contain a health warning. You can't buy a packet of smokes without a health warning on it, right? In the past, cigarettes were sold as being good for you. Let's first, can you whack up the two images that I found this week on the, the power of, that would be great if we, there we go. So this one, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Great advice, thank you doctors, you're incredible. This one says, gee dad, you always get the best of everything, even Malbro. Let's use doctors and babies to promote the power of buying cigarettes. That's what life used to look like. That is what happened when these companies were trying to sell as many of their products as they possibly could. Now, you would never find a doctor on the planet today that would promote smoking as being good for your health, as being good for your life. Well, what's happened now? Now we have knowledge. Now we know that when we light up, every smoke is potentially killing us. We say that, every cigarette is killing you. Do you think that that knowledge is pleasant to the souls of people who choose to keep smoking? It's not pleasant at all. That knowledge alone is actually probably weighing quite heavily on some people. So why do some people make a decision to quit smoking then? Well, I think it's wisdom. It's where wisdom has come into play. It tells them that they want to be around to see their grandkids grow up. Wisdom with the knowledge now tells us that if we stop smoking today, we can actually begin to undo the effects that it's had in our life. Wisdom says, we quit now, we might dodge a bullet later. We give ourselves a greater chance of reversing the damage. When we take knowledge in the context of wisdom with action, It is pleasant to the soul because it has made a difference in people's lives and potentially the lives of everyone around that person. Smoking is a helpful analogy in in this process we go through because I think we weigh things up, right? We we have this knowledge now, but but knowledge on its own isn't going to always produce change. And so we begin this process of weighing things up. I've got this knowledge, I understand now, but maybe at some point... We give up these behaviours because the price of continuing is higher than we're prepared to pay. Or the benefits of stopping now outweigh the the, the benefits of continuing a behaviour and so we begin to make a change. Knowledge alone is never enough. Knowledge alone will not change your life. It has the potential to change everything, but it's unrealised potential until we act on it. Say knowledge plus. No one said it. Say knowledge plus. plus. We need knowledge plus. If you gain knowledge, it's either pleasant to your soul or it's not pleasant to your soul. And when that takes place, when there's that dichotomy at work, we've got a choice. We either change our soul which is where wisdom is at play, or we disregard the knowledge, and I think that's where pride is at play. It's pride because it's self-centred. It's self-centred because we either think we know better 
I know better than what the Bible says. I know better than what my parents say. I know better than what the doctors say. I, I, I don't care what they think. That's pride. Or possibly worse, it's self-centred because we just don't care what they think. I don't care what the Bible has to say about it. I don't care what my parents think. If you've ever uttered words in your life along the lines of, it's my life, I'll do whatever I want, we're in dangerous ground. Now you're right, it is your life. It's absolutely your life. But does that absolve you of the consequences of your actions? Does that undo the potential harm that you've done to yourself? No, it doesn't. And next time you're facing the consequences of choices you've made, just remind yourself, it's my life. Okay, let me speak to the Christians in the room for a moment, followers of Jesus. I don't think you should ever use that excuse, it's my life. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20 informs us that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are not our own. We have been bought with a price. Jesus Christ died on a cross for you. He paid a price that you could not pay. And when we are followers of the ways of Jesus Christ, we are not our own. Okay, you younger ones in the room, I want to speak to you for a minute. That's everyone not in Generation X. So if you're in your 30s or below, listen carefully to me at this moment. And some of you older than 30 need to listen too, front row. (laughs) One of the defining things at the centre of your generation is self-determination. Culturally speaking, what I'm talking about is a very strong sense of self and the importance of making your own decisions. It's why we live in a world now that where truth is not black and white, but fluid. We say things like, it may be true for you, but that's not true for me. The rest of us that are older in this room grew up in a world of absolutes. We grew up in a world that contained only two options for gender. We grew up in a world where there were authorities on things. The law was black and white. The Bible was black and white. Truth was a stable concept. And you're growing up in a world that's rejecting those ideals. And some of that is okay. Taking charge of yourself is not a bad thing. But as much as society tells you otherwise, you are not the centre of the universe. You don't deserve a trophy simply for showing up. Your view can be wrong and certain things in life are absolute. Be strong, be self-determined, take control, value your opinion. That's all the good stuff that is in your generation, but don't disregard everything else or the view of others that see things different to you. It's the reason I have conversations with millennials all the time regularly looking for loopholes in the Bible or trying to interpret things to suit their own view or their own agenda. It's the reason so many people struggle when we declare that the Word of God is black and white on something. Okay, everyone else, you can listen back in again now. Just because something isn't pleasant to your soul doesn't mean it's wrong. Maybe your soul needs to change not the thing that you decided you don't like. Okay, I've been a little bit intense and a bit pastoral for a wee while there. I'll back off for just a moment. Give yourself a chance to breathe. breathe. If you're feeling challenged at all, 
Good. What's just happened is I've given you some knowledge. Whether it's pleasant to your soul or not, well, that's up to you. Whether you think things through from here or not and just carry on living life the way you are now, that's up to you. Because knowledge alone is not enough. Knowledge plus. Okay, the second part in that progression, it says discretion that will protect us. The Oxford Dictionary defines discretion as the freedom to decide what should be done in a particular situation. For example, the police officer exercised her discretion in not giving them a ticket. Discretion is an important part of wisdom. We don't need wisdom when there's only one choice to make. When there's one choice, it's quite simple. I hope it's simple for you. It's like having a multi-choice test. Here's the question. Is it A, A, A or A? You can't really get that one wrong. Where we need wisdom is when there are more than one option. Where there's, there's more choice at play. Where we could make a decision between one way or another. That's where discretion is at play. And discretion is like good taste or good sense. Discretion doesn't always make the easy choice or the popular choice, but discretion when it's part of wisdom makes the right choice. I love this because discretion speaks of choice. When it comes to wisdom, we have choice. We have choice about the decisions we make, about the path that we walk. Discretion makes one decision at the expense of another. If you know a secret about someone, and you choose not to put that on Facebook, that's discretion. If you have some money to pay bills, but that top that you've had your eye on is now on sale, and you can pay the bills, or you can buy the top, and you choose to pay the bills, that's discretion at play with wisdom. Now, I know most of you wouldn't make that choice. When we make the right call, we we don't say, oh, I had good discretion then. We say we had good wisdom because knowledge plus. When when, when we've got some knowledge about something and and there's discretion at play, it's, it's, it's wisdom. Wisdom is the knowledge that I need to pay the bills. The plus bit is the decision not to buy the top and therefore to pay the bills. And it's not hard to see how discretion can protect us, which is what this part of the verse is telling us. It protects us from wrong choices. It protects us from negative outcomes. How many times do you wish you could take back a decision after you've made it? I think it's a story I've told here before, but there was a time where I had knowledge, but very little discretion. I was at a friend's farm and we were climbing trees And a particular tree that I chose to climb will look awesome for climbing. There there weren't lots of leaves on it or anything. It it looked like it was just straight up. So I've climbed to the top of this tree. And I'm I'm way up there. It must be like 100 metres high. Okay, I'll stop preaching and bring it back. I was maybe 10 or 15 metres up. But it sounds better if you picture me at 100 metres. And I'm up this tree. And the, the, the kid whose farm it was says, don't climb that tree, it's dead. It was at that point that I realised the reason it was so easy to climb, the reason that didn't have leaves all over it, the tree was dead. But beyond dead, the tree was rotten. 
And I just got really lucky in my climb up. Now, I decided at that point I should probably start coming down the tree. Well, I wasn't really lucky coming down the tree. And I stood on a branch that was rotten through and it broke and I fell. And as I fell, I landed on a barbed wire fence. I still have the scar on my arm. You can actually see the barb where one of them went in. I had knowledge, (laughs) not a lot of discretion, didn't make a wise choice in that moment. And as I'm falling and my life is flashing through my eyes, remembering my childhood, seeing the fence coming, going, if I could just twist. Sometimes we wish we could make a different choice. Perhaps knowledge with a bit of discretion can protect us. I had knowledge of how to climb trees, but at that stage, not a lot of discretion on which trees I should climb. Now I choose to climb more wisely. Do you know how many trees I've fallen out of since then? None. I haven't climbed a tree since then. (laughs) I have. There was one other tree and I got stuck up at a camp and Dad had to climb up and get me down. It was rather embarrassing. Now I don't climb trees. So if wisdom is knowledge plus, the next part of this verse is understanding that will keep us. How does knowledge plus understanding keep us? Remember last week I talked about my struggle with statistics and math so I could plug things into a formula and get an answer but I didn't always understand why it worked. Understanding is an incredibly important and powerful tool in our life. It lets us apply wisdom from one part of our life to another part of our life. It allows us to help others in their journey of of wisdom, of learning, of, of growing, because we can teach them what we ourselves perhaps have learnt. Wisdom lets us take lessons that we've learnt and get the maximum return from them. Let's consider someone for a moment with an addiction issue. We may know that a certain behaviour is destructive. Now, this is not true of everybody and they've done some incredible work and I believe very strongly in the work that they do do, but I wanna consider, and I've used this illustration here before, Alcoholics Anonymous for a moment. A few years back, they did some research because they began to realise that they could cure people of an alcohol addiction through the 12-step program and incredible work they did, but what they discovered was that a lot of those people replace an alcohol addiction with some other form of addiction. We can stop the behaviour, but part of the issue for some people, not everybody, it's an absolute success for a lot of people. The problem wasn't the behaviour, the problem was the issue that was underlying it, that was informing the behaviour, that was causing a particular set of behavioural things to play out a coping mechanism, if you want to use that language. And that's where some sort of addictive behaviour sometimes can come from. We've got these underlying issues that are causing behavioural outworkings in different ways. And it's not simply enough to modify a behaviour. If we want to help that person, we need to unpack the issue that's at play and allow them to journey towards healing and wholeness in that area of their life that allow them to deal with the addiction. 
So how does that compute for you in the room that perhaps are living a normal functioning life and you're not dealing with high level addictions and things like that? Well, when you have an understanding of how a budget works and what finances you need to survive on, what debt to take on, how to use a credit card well, that can influence other areas of your life. (coughs) When you're shopping and you see that top on sale, in my case, shoes, where you're planning a large purchase. People who don't have understanding, who perhaps don't have wisdom in their lives, who haven't worked through those kind of things, will often get into debt that can quickly spiral out of control. I've seen it at play in my life when I first got a credit card, it was awesome for a while. And then I stopped being able to pay it off every week or month and then it got out of control. And I found myself in a position of going, I can't pay this bill. I can't do this anymore. Now with wisdom, I understand how budgets work and things have to function in life. I'm an adult now. And, and, and I, I need to make different kinds of decisions. I've got some understanding and it will keep me from harmful outcomes. Seems to me that wisdom is accessible for all of us. It seems to me that wisdom isn't available only for some lucky few. Do you realise every time you make a right choice, you're demonstrating wisdom? Do you realise every time you make a wrong choice, you've got an opportunity to gain some wisdom? Wisdom does not come from knowledge alone. You can know and understand a principle, but unless you apply it in your life, it won't change anything. Someone with a gambling problem may know it's destroying their family and their future, but if the addiction is more pleasant to the soul than getting help, continue down that path. And that's, I guess, the process of gaining wisdom. We start with knowledge, we exercise discretion, and we gain understanding. Okay, let me land this for us this morning. Nearly everything I've spoken about with wisdom so far is that it's accessible for everybody. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, experience, understanding, discretion, these are not things that Christians have ownership of. There are things that every person have access, has access to. And if it's a life principle only, why am I preaching about it? Great question. Thank you for asking it. Let's look at that. Firstly, Life principles are good to know and they can help us grow and change aspects of our life. So sometimes those are good things to preach on. But secondly, let's go back to what I've been mentioning this week and last week. Wisdom is knowledge plus. Knowledge plus something. And that something is important, but it's not more important than the basis of our knowledge. Knowledge can come from any number of sources. Our parents, TV, books we read, our our ethnic culture can inform some of our knowledge. And knowledge is accessible to no matter who you are or where you're from, we all have a certain degree of knowledge and we can all go and gain more knowledge. But here's the thought. The outcome of knowledge plus something is altered based on the source of that knowledge. 
So where our knowledge comes from is going to determine the outcome of the wisdom in our life, the results of the choices that we make. That's why we read the book of Proverbs. That's why we place emphasis on the written Word of God. If we place high value on what God says on a topic, if we seek to gain knowledge of the kind of life He would have us live, it'll make a huge difference in our world. And the type of wisdom you get out the other end will be very different from those that don't have a faith-based worldview. Remember at the start of the year, if you were around, we launched our theme and imagery around a compass and we talked about finding true north, about living a God-centred life. This is what I'm talking about in this part of today. It's one of the reasons that we look at things that that Proverbs teaches us, that we centre our life on God, that we gain wisdom from His Word and teaching because when we centre our knowledge on Him, the knowledge plus is completely different. Wisdom is your friend. Worship team, you can come and join me. Keeping this short this morning because I want to do something else a little bit later on today. But here's the action point. Last week, if you were here, I asked you to begin reading the book of Proverbs, perhaps highlighting some, some verses uh, that, that on particular topics and colour coordinating all of that. That's a great thing for you to do if, if you've started that. Thank you for for listening to me and and I've had a conversation with a couple of people this morning who've begun reading the book of Proverbs. It's a great thing to do. But the action point this week is when you have a tough decision to make, you've you've got a decision to make, there's there's options, there's different outcomes that you could choose. Before you make that decision, I want you to stop and say, what is informing this choice? Where's the knowledge that I'm getting towards making this choice? I want to encourage you to stop and ask a question. What does God's Word have to say about this situation? Is there some truth in the Word of God that I can apply in this moment? It's one of the reasons why it's important for us as followers of Jesus to read our Bible. If you read our Bible and pray every day, we'll grow, grow, grow. Some of the old songs are great because of the truth that's locked up there in them real hard to make Christ-centred decisions. It's real hard to base our knowledge to inform our decisions on God's Word if we don't know what God's Word says. That's okay. We're all at different parts of our journey and there are probably people in the room that know more about the Word of God than I do. And Some of us, it's not about where you are on the journey, it's about being on the journey. Right? And maybe you're facing a decision. Some people in this room will be facing some quite large decisions. Before you make the decision, stop and try and find out what the Word of God says on it. You don't have to read the Bible cover to cover to discover that. Google is a great tool for followers of Jesus. Thank you, Google. Plug in your situation and then add the, add the two words on the end of it, Bible verse, and see if something pops up. Do some research. Take the time to make the knowledge base from your decision the Word of God. What does God say about this? What does God say about my finances or my relationships or my work situation or how my, my attitudes towards my wife or my kids? What does God's Word have to say about that? Allow that knowledge to inform your decisions. And if you get in the habit of doing that, it'll change everything. It'll change everything. And these days, it's harder for us than it's ever been before. 
because we're talking about a Christ or God-centered worldview. We don't live in a society anymore that has a, has a worldview that has God at the centre of it all. Quite the opposite. So we live in this culture, but sometimes we have to step outside of that and exercise our Christian worldview and go, what does God say about this? It doesn't matter what my friends think. It doesn't matter what my parents think. It does matter what your parents think. Don't go home and make that the only lesson you get out of today. It matters what God says. And if wisdom is knowledge plus, change the basis of your knowledge. You change the outcome of your wisdom. God, I thank you that we can have access to wisdom that is heaven-inspired, that is Holy Spirit-infused, that is Christ-centered. God, as I read your word, I, I begin to understand that you're trying to teach me how to live this life in a way that, that would honor you, that would influence the world around me, that, that would help me walk the path that I'm supposed to walk. God, I know your word says that your path is narrow. God, your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God, help us to aim to go your way. Help us to be people who would center our thoughts on your thoughts, to seek your heart in a situation, to grow in wisdom. God, for those in the room that have made bad choices in the past, I thank you that that does not define them. But a God, it can be a mark of a wise future because of lessons learned. God, help us to learn those lessons and not keep repeating our mistakes. Help us to be people of wisdom, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org www.cofcpenrith.org